Celebrating the 21st of September. Say that you niggas remember. (laughs) (laughs) It's September. All right. Welcome back to Tribe Black. It's your boy. 130, your host, Nick Nice. We got uh, Black Spider-Man. We got C-Note. What happened? Hello, everyone. Chidio. (laughs) Chidio. What did he say? <laughs> oh shit! What happened, folks? I know it's been a minute. We're supposed to give y'all what the fuck? I hate those shits. I've had a motherfucker bite me. Hold on, sorry. We got shit. No, it ain't no water bug, nigga. That shit. I know. I heard that shit squish. Get ready. Oh, fuck. Fuck, really it though. I'm pretty sure I did. This shit bite me. Sorry, I got bugs outside. Mind you, I'm outside. I'm outside. not in the house. Outside. I'm outside. In the nature where there be bugs and shit. Niggas would be like, all right, that nigga Nick said he got bugs. <laughs> His house dirty. His house dirty. That nigga dirty. Uh, grown ass man with bugs in his house and she. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Anyway, we were trying to give y'all an episode last week, but we didn't like the way it sounded. So, because we control our own shit, if the shit don't feel right, the shit don't sound right, we ain't got to put the shit out. So, with that being said, what up, niggas? We back. Whole new episode. We got a list of topics here for you. Uh, a lot of shit done went owns and owns it goes. And we're going to touch on a couple of those shits. Um, what are we starting with today, guys? First of all, how y'all doing? How y'all feeling? What's happening? Jordan just had a birthday. He's a little older now. Still immature, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Nothing much. Just like dreading the weekend ending. <laughs> Jordan, tell us, how was your birthday? What did you do? It was a good birthday. I was off work because, you know, 
where they're supposed to be good days. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, some day drinking, had some tacos, Taco Tuesday, uh, went to the movies, saw the movie Good Boys. That was hilarious. I literally laughed like the entire time. Like, from start to finish. Was, was that good? Like, yeah, it, was, it, was really good. it was like Sandlot and like, uh, like Hangover. Like, meats. Meats. Yeah. It was really, really good. Um, I think all those, all three kids, one of them, he was, he was already, he was in the movie, uh, Room, that Brie Larson won the Oscar for, mm-hmm. um, so he was already, like, kind of, you know, established, but I think all three of those the kids in the movie are, like, gonna be, like, a big deal in some time, mm-hmm. um, what else did I do, I nap, I rallied, <laughs> then I headed back out for some nighttime time and then I, uh, went to bed. <laughs> Sounds like a damn good birthday. Yeah, it was a good birthday. I was off like most of last week. Uh, I worked 30 minutes on Monday. I was off Tuesday. I worked half day Wednesday. I was off Thursday, and then I worked Friday. And because I was so used to being off like all those days, when I had to go work Friday, I was like, I gotta be eight hours of this. Like, I have like this has to continue. Like, can't just leave in two and like 30 minutes again. Like, like you know, life. Like, oh, God. Like, now I gotta go back to like five day work weeks. Let that happen. You know. <laughs> What's happening, Corey? Hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard those phones like break super easy. iPhones break super easy, period. I'm on. As well, how the fuck you do that? And don't you think it costs like seven hundred dollars? Nigga, that's cheap. <laughs> you know, good and hell well, them iPhones cost like fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, now, I won't be getting one for another two years. Right. So, like I said, I just got. I my literally upgrade. just upgraded. <laughs> you couldn't pay me to buy an iPhone. Yeah, plus we're going to have the uh, Apple for everything, so I'm just going to stick with that. (laughs) So I'm going to just, you know, stick with that. (laughs) Phone's trash, but you know, Apple forever. My phone isn't trash. You're all right. I love my phone. You're all right. I love my phone. All right. It works for me. All right. It works for us. You know what I'm saying? All right, nigga. (laughs) Well, I I ain't got shit going on. I've been working. I feel you. If you hoes follow me on. Something just Corey, you there? Corey. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, if you, we're, we're the beat. And I was a short. If you hoes follow me on Instagram or my business or on Facebook, you've seen that a nigga been working all week. And I am back at it again doing a house for the Parade of Homes. Uh, so it's a big deal. Oh, awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's it. That's all I got. I'm just working to get paid. All you can do in this world. Yeah, man. That's all you can do, man. <laughs> that's all you can do. Work and get paid. Yeah. I'm trying to build this business, you know. Yeah, support and work. Yeah. Y'all support your boy, uh, DCS installation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Because I, I don't want to go back to the 9 to 5. So you, you were laughing when you said it. Say it again so our listeners can hear you. Oh, it's... uh. If you're, if you're looking on Instagram, it's uh, DCS Installation LLC. 
look us up. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Ask me how I can help you remodel your home. Better homes near you. <laughs> <laughs> Better flooring. Right. Uh, yeah, but that's, I mean, yeah. So, now that we got that out of the way, what we starting with? Oh, some shit that popped off today. Or, not today, but this week. Yeah. The last two weeks. A lot of, like, yeah, a lot, a lot of, of shit. Yeah, yeah, a lot of shit. I feel like we should start with um, with y'all little friend six nine, little Takashi, little, little Daniel Hernandez, little little uh, little Birdie. Yeah, that nigga telling everything. <laughs> yeah, shit. All right, so say what? Say what? That's your friend. That's your nigga. Yeah, I don't know that nigga. I don't. I don't know this man. I don't know. I'm sorry to this man, but I don't know this man. If I was to see this man on the street, I I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know a thing. I wouldn't know. (laughs) Sorry to this man. I don't know this man. I don't know who this man is. Oh my god. We gotta get that as a fucking sound sound bite. Yeah. I don't know this man. Sorry to this man. I don't know. All right, so Takashi then got in the courtroom and told on everybody about everything's and everyone's who ever lived, who ever lived and did anything wrong. Takashi is telling you right the fuck now. He's facing twenty five. That nigga trying to face like five. The way he's singing, he might—they might give him like he might give the judge time or something. Like. Right, like goddamn. <laughs> I don't. I would. I, I start to pull up. The transcripts to read it to y'all, but the shit is wild. Like the niggas implicating everybody, everybody, just for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, bless you, nigga. Told you I have big sneezes. That's why I probably hold the menu. Yeah. You need to wash your hands. Nothing came out. Like that just sounded like it was. Wet I know it did, but nothing came like literally. Sound like a wet ass sneeze, nigga. Yeah. Oh, All right. So, um, this is some clarity. Hold on, let me see if I can pull this up real quick. So there's a debate going on, not really, but I'm getting ready to start it. Um, <clears throat> and I'm gonna ask y'all while I'm looking up um six nine's testimony. Um, Takashi six nine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Google has Takashi six nine snitch. Friends. <laughs> All right, so here's my question for y'all. I'm gonna read this shit, and uh, and then I'm gonna ask y'all, and then I'm gonna ask our listeners. We're gonna get some feedback. But I need to know: is this nigga telling or is he snitching? Because there's, there's snitching and telling are two different things. Yeah. Also, what we need to do first then is establish the difference between the two. All right. So the difference between snitching and telling. If you're snitching, that means that. All right, snitching. For me, it's based on participation. Yeah. So if you were involved and you and you start telling people involved, you're snitching because you were involved. So you're telling on yourself that is reporting a crime. Right. Then you're just telling. If you're snitching, that means you're Uh telling on people to save yourself. If you're just telling, that means you're a civilian and you're just simply being in a civilian's place and reporting a crime or telling what you know about some shit that went down. Yeah, I definitely think he's snitching because he was doing that to the rest of his friends, who he thought was his friends. 
and they got caught, or he got caught, and now he's snitching on them. Now he's turning, he's rolled on them. Now, granted, they rolled on him because they were, I think they were reports that they like stole from him and they were smashing his baby mama <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all sorts of other stuff. And they kidnapped them reparations. Reparations. It was all reparations. And yeah, and they kidnapped him allegedly. So they were doing things up to him. But also, again, you were doing this with them at one point. You know what I'm saying? You got these people out as your friends and your family in interviews. So yeah, you're snitching. Then on top of that, he was warned. Like, like if you go back and watch the breakfast club, Charlamagne, Charlamagne was like, "This is not going to end well for you. You're going to go to jail, like, or end up dead, or dead. Like, it's going to happen. Like, it, but yeah, it, uh, it's like nah, because all you niggas is stupid. I'm smart. Stupid? I'm not going to let you get the chance. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> Niggas got the chance. Four months later. (laughs) Man, you about to be somebody's bitch. Hold on. Yeah, he definitely made a song called Fifi, nigga. You about to be a Fifi. Yeah. I I thought they like exaggerated his snitching and like read some of the court transcripts. I was like, man, this dude is really just telling for no reason on people, like on everybody. Yeah, the nigga just, he just, he just talking at this point. Yeah, he said, he said, he said, um, Oscar didn't really live in a trash can. You saw that? <laughs> he said, I don't know if y'all noticed, but Bert and Ernie, they gay. Right. <laughs> All right. People, listen. They was taking baths together. It wasn't because, you know, they was trying to conserve water. Right. They're gay. <laughs> All right. I don't know if y'all know. Big Bird, he really not that big. Yeah, and he was like, you know, Jesus, he drank some of the wine that he had turned in from water. Yeah, Jesus was sipping on the wine, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So I have the transcripts. It starts off. Um, hold on, let's All right, the beginning. So, you started a music career, is that right? Answer, yes. Question, approximately when did that happen? Answer, I'd say around 2014. Question, how did it come come about? Answer, well, at the time, or at the the store I was working in, Stay Fresh Grill, there was a guy uh, by the name of Peter Rogers always, always coming in there buying things like tilapia, peanuts, stuff like that. He asked me if I if I made music, if I rap, and I was like, no. And he was like, well, you got the image for it. You look cool. I was like, you know, I took it into consideration, and we started making music uh, with the guy. Okay. Question, Mr. Hernandez, how about the filming of Gummo? Uh, no, how did the filming of Gummo come about? I can't read. Damn, y'all got the wrong motherfucker <laughs> reading right now. And so around August 2017, I made the song Gummo. At the time, I was I had signed a management deal with Chris. I don't know his fucking name. Who was my press manager when I met Chris? I don't Chris, know. His, Chris Lighty? No. Remember the? Oh, okay. Never mind. Right. Uh, Chris Lighty was gone by the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, I signed a twenty percent management deal where I would give him twenty percent of my earnings. He had a <laughs> best friend named Sequo Billy. Being that Sequo Billy was Chris' best friend. I would be around him a lot, so I made the song Gummo, and I put the line in there like, in the hood with the Billy niggas. Now, question, now, answer. So so then I put the line in the song. 
when I was ready to film the video, I approached Seiko Billy and I asked him if he would get Billy, he if we could get Billy was Traynon. So I asked him if we could get some Traynon members to be a part of the video because I wanted the um, the aesthetic to be, you know, full with the Traynon blood members because I'm in the I'm in the song. I told Seiko that uh, I would like them, I would like for them to all be in red. Why red? Because red is 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 what a blood member will wear. So I want the the video to be full of red. So before the video shoot, I went to the guy. Oh, uh, I went to go buy over three thousand red bandanas, and I showed them to three seventy medicine. Right after that, when I got there, Seiko greeted me and introduced me to Shadi. Shadi was at the top of the stairs. When I met him, I went straight to him, and he said, "What's up, homie? We're here for you. Whatever you need, we're here." A couple of the homies going to show up in a bit. It's just right, it's just us right now, but a couple of the homies going to show up. In the meantime, you need anything? I said, "I'm good." I said, uh, I told him um, if he needed anything, he said, get a bottle of Henny and something for the guys to eat. What is a bottle of Henny? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is just playing stupid. Oh, my God. <laughs> Answer. Henny is a type of liquor. Hennessy. What is a bottle of Henny? Bitch, you know what some Henny is. Come on, now. That's a stupid question. You mean what is the? I'd be like, what is the courtroom? <laughs> <laughs> this thing that we in right now. What is it? Uh, all right. Question, Mr. Hernandez. I'm going to ask you some questions about the lyrics that come up, beginning with the first line. There's a reference to the word blicky. What's a blicky? Blicky is another word for gun. Oh, he's just telling it. Oh, huh? We just. All right. I actually, like, I never heard that term. Me neither. Like, I, <laughs> must be some New York shit. This New York nigga shit. <laughs> Question. And on the second line, there's a phrase in the middle, drum it, hold 50. What is that in reference to? A drum is an uh, attachment that you have to a gun, carries extra clips, uh, bullets. So he don't really know because a clip holds the bullet. bullet but <laughs> Question. Turn it to the second stanza. This motherfucker used the word stanza. Uh, second line of the uh, second line of the second stanza. Stanza. Um, there's a line in the hood with the Billy N words and them Hoover N words. What is that in reference to? Me stating who I'm around. And what is Billy? Billy's tray nines are non tray. And the third line it reads all my N words. <laughs> <laughs> On 50. So you know me uh, hopped. So you know we hopped out. The phrase on 50, what does that mean? 50 is to be on point, like be to be aware. I'm really mad that they got this nigga explaining Ricky fucking Nons lyrics. Play. And Is that a term associated with nine tray, nine tray or bloods in general? Bloods in general. I mean, I think it's gang awareness. Okay, stop. Gang awareness. On 50. I mean, I've never heard that just be exclusive to Bloods, but... I've never heard on 50. Oh, man. Use it in a sentence. Use it in a sentence? Yeah. All right, so after that night, the niggas came through shooting. Every time I sit on the porch, I be on 50. What's on 50 mean? Like, just on, on, like, stand, on standby? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> on the next line, line four reads, Mobbed out, opts out. 
we going to show what we about. Because <laughs> this is how I feel like you, you read right, right, right. What are you talking about in this line? Answer. So in this line, I'm saying mobbed out, like, you know, mob referencing, like, we're, we're in large numbers, mobbed out. Like, we mobbed out. Ops is, opt out is like opposition, like the ops, opposition. Our oppositions are out, so we mobbed out. They're ops out. We gon' show them what we vowed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like, uh, you know, what's that, that, that channel is like genius lyrics where the rappers talk about what they meant? That's what, the, <laughs> that's what this sounds like. I'm sorry. I'm fucking weak. I'm fucking weak. I'm not going to read this whole out. shit, but this, this shit is funny as fuck. I think this lawyer was just like, let me figure out what the fuck this dude's talking about. Right, like, I'm confused. All right, so this is relevant. After the release of Gummo, did you have any other conversations with either Seiko or Shadi about them in another video? Answer. Yeah, so so when I released Gummo, I was in Los Angeles. I wasn't authorized to release a video with the label, so I just put it out anyway. I just threw it up on YouTube and just said whatever happens, happens. When I uploaded the video, there was so much, like, a lot of people were showing um, attention to it. Shadi actually called Seiko and said, quote, this little nigga knows what he's doing. I thought all that rainbow hair shit was, you know, he was bugging out for that. But he know what he's doing. Tell him to stay in touch. So what happened? I stayed in touch. Well, after 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 we shot Gummo, I knew I had a formula. I knew the formula was to repeat it. You know what I'm saying? To repeat what? To repeat the gang. How, what's the word for it? The gang image? I would say like promote. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. That's what, uh, you know what I'm trying to say? That's what people like. So it's like, it was just a formula, a blueprint that I found that worked. So I, so I told Shadi I wanted to, at this time, after Gummo came out, not to skip over a lot of stuff. We became really close. So I would hang out at the 370 Madison a lot, hang out with him. And I asked him to, if it was a good, good idea to film Kuda, And we started filming Kuda. Um <laughs> In respect, uh, let me ask you a better question. With respect to Nine Trey, what happened after you released Kuda? After I released Kuda, I officially I was officially a Nine Trey member. They made me a Nine Trey member. I guess jokingly, jokingly I was sent text messages like, "Let me shoot, uh, let me shoot my thirty one, like let me shoot my thirty one." And Seiko then started sending me the greetings of Nine Trey. Never sent me an open nothing, but just sent me like the greeting on how you greet another member and uh, stuff like that. That's what happened. Were you initiated into the gang? No. So let's stop there because that's key. <clears throat> if he was never initiated, yeah, is he snitching never. now or is he just telling? He was false claiming, so I thought he was snitching. What'd you say, Corey? But was he? Because he was still doing the same shit he was doing. And he was still associating with them and having them in his videos. All in the videos. Dancing. But just black. having them in videos and actually being a non and being a non trade are two different things. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. For me it's like he might not have ever been. That's like saying that's like saying though, because when, shit with the non But that's like saying if PD when PD did North Carolina and all the Crip niggas was out. Yeah. In the video that now he a crypt too because they was at the video. Yeah. He wasn't doing crypt shit though. But do we know he was really doing blood shit? 
All right, let's read, let's read, let's read. Let's read. Question. Did you have an understanding based on your conversation with some of the members whether or not there was an initiation process into Nine Trey? Answer. I acknowledge there is an initiation in the game, period. But I understood from being a member of Nine Trey, you would have to shoot your 31. What does shoot your 31 mean? From my understanding, like fight for 31 seconds. We still jumping niggas in? Like that's still a thing? That's all I was gonna say. I, that's why I didn't. Think he, I, he never. He never got jumped in. Yeah. Fight whom? Another trade. Uh, trade. Another non-trade member or multiple? Question: Were there other ways that one could be initiated into nine trade? Answer: Yeah. Commit another crime, like in furtherance. That's not even work. Okay. Put in work for the gang. Okay. So. As a member of non-trade, what responsibilities, if any, did you have? Answer, just keep making hits and be the financial support for the game. Question, what do you mean by the financial support for the game? Answer, financially support, making money, making money through the records and providing it to the members of non-trade, whether it's for their own personal reasons, equipping with guns. And question, and, um, and what, if anything, did you get from non-trade? Answer, I would say my career. <laughs> How do you mean? Answer, like credibility. Credibility. Question, what credibility? That's a good question. What fucking credibility did you get from that? Right. Answer, street credibility. The videos, the music, the protection, all of the above. Question. Now, you joined the blood specifically to advance your music career, correct? Answer, correct. You knew that that was a way to gain attention. Answer, no. Question, you had never seen anybody join the Bloods and advance their music career before? Not that I can recall. Oh, he young as shit. Um, question, you knew Cardi B was a Blood, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? So, so, okay, so to be fair, it doesn't look like he, he called. Yeah, he didn't bring her up. He, she was brought up. This nigga said, correct. No. What you should have said was, I, I don't know, know that woman. Sorry to that woman, but I don't know that woman. If you pointed her no, out right to me now. on the street, I wouldn't know a thing. I am sorry to that woman. <laughs> I don't know shit about what she got going on. I don't. Mm-mm, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Talk to my son, correct. I'd be like, I've heard of her. I, uh, but I don't know what she did. Like, I, I don't never met her. I'm like, did you know this guy Offset? <laughs> <laughs> All right, like, what did she do? I don't know. Question. You knew Cardi B has made music videos with blood gang members, uh, with blood members in the background of her, right? A, her answer, correct. Question. You knew that before you started making these songs, right? Answer, no. I didn't pay attention. I believe that to an extent, like, that he's not that aware of shit outside of what he has. That's possible. I kind of believe that. I just don't like that he's answering correct to shit that he don't know to be fat. I mean, because she may say some shit like, oh yeah, blood, but unless I know for a fact that she got jumped in, like, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, yeah, she blood. Like, I don't know that shit. Oh, and there's this website that's like shady as fuck too, so they like said that she, you know, she came out and was like, I was never, that's not true, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, They posted the video, the picture they posted of her was her wearing all red paisley shit. Like from the um from the Tatiana video. Mm-hmm. 
That was a fucking picture they posted when, with, with the tagline. Cardi B says she was not. <laughs> They're so childish. They're right. so childish. It, but it really doesn't, though. Also, like, when would she have had time? And also, how many stripper gangbangs do you know? Not a lot. Like, that's... I, I don't see... I don't, those two worlds don't really collide to me. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, like... like Right. It's like I saw her the robbing niggas that she was robbing when she right. was stripping, but that's a part of stripping. Like strippers rob niggas. Right. <laughs> like, that's what they do. That's, that's what they do. That's, that's literally all they job. do. The job description that's is the rob job. these niggas. You know what I mean? All right. So this is again from the New York Times. So uh, by summer of 2018, 6-9, um said he had started giving gang members large amounts of cash from his music earnings, which he understood would be put, put towards buying firearms and taking care of other members. Feed the wolves, he was told. So, feed the wolves. You said that's what? That's another part of like celebrity gang culture. Yeah. They use celebrities to like, fucking get money from them. Like, you know, On extort, them, extort them and fun, fun shit. Yeah. All right. Question, what does it mean to feed? A, answer, uh, like support them. From my understanding, you know, it was for them. It was for the homies, homies to take care of them. I was the eating. I, I was okay. I was making money. My understanding was make sure they were good financially, you know, stable. Shotty was always big on equipping with himself with the right artillery, guns and everything. If we had to be ready for war, you know, we, we will have that. This nigga is really like selling. The beefs. Uh, Six Nine said that his profile roles and his ties with Nine Trey got deeper. Everyone was expected to protect, protect one another's honor in both street and rap beefs. Um, establishing himself as an internet troll, antagonizing, mocking rivals. Six Nine said he enlisted members of the Nine Trey to attack his adversaries, including the rappers Trippy Red, Casanova, Chief Key, along with associates of the Story Texas labeled Rap a Lot. I don't know why the fuck he would ever want to fuck with rap a lot, but all right. I don't know why you want to fuck with half people in the yard. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm. That's why I'm like. Do you know anything about rap a lot? No, I do not. Corey, school him on rap a lot. Okay, okay, okay. Got okay. Yeah, I know. All right, so you know Jay Prince. All right. Period. Like that's all you gotta say, Jay Prince. Period. Cool, like that. I don't know why the fuck he was fucking with rap a lot. Yeah. He was fucking with Prince Jr., so I don't know why he was fucking but with Yeah, Prince Jr., too. That's how it started. Well, rap a lot. He started fucking with Prince yeah. Jr., and right. Jay was like, Yeah, all right, chill. Like, that's not that's not some shit you want to do, my guy. Because Prince been in, you know, Prince. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's, he's got that good. Like, Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. like you, you not fucking with Prince is just never smart. So, all right. So, uh, question, Mr. Hernandez. The first line, N word running out their mouth, but they never pop out. What oh. does that refer to? Answer. Well, the whole the whole paragraph is piece about. Well, the first line actually is it's about. I wanted to address all the controversy that was going on after Gummo was released. A lot of people really didn't understand it. Didn't understand what? They didn't understand 
they didn't understand how I guess a kid with rainbow hair could be affiliated with non-trade bloods, and it just didn't mix. So the first line is N word running out their mouth, but they never pop out. Just as generally speaking, people if you replace the N word with people, people run out their mouths, they never pop out. So that's what I meant by it. Again, what was the genesis of Code Cuda? Why did you make Cuda? What was the was it a response of anything? Uh, yeah, it was a response to everything, all the backlash from the public to you know. Just that trippy red stuff going on, everything, other rappers talking, you know. Did those disputes ever extend beyond words on the internet, uh, words and internet insults? Yes. Was there violence? Yes. Right. <laughs> Directing your attention to November 2017, did there come a time when there was an altercation between members of Nine Trey and Trippy Red? Yes. What happened? We attacked him and in his hotel, assaulted him. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. So again, is he telling or is he snitching? He is snitching. Because he was involved. He was snitching. Also, for me, it's more so like association. Like, if these were your people that you was running with and they were doing this stuff, and now you now you in trouble and you telling on them, then that's snitching to me. Right, uh, jumped in or not. Yeah, because those were your those were supposed to be your people. Yeah. All right. Now this shit here is key because now he's this. I think this kind of starts erasing the line between snitching and telling for him. All right, and then I'm gonna give this a rest in a bit. But this shit right here. All right, six nine testified that his dispute with Rapalot stemmed from a, disreg- a disregard uh, by his associates for the gang tradition of checking in when visiting another city. Uh, what is checking in? When you fly into somebody else's city, their community, their hood, not every city does it, but usually like other artists will check in with other, you know, gang members there or someone who has who holds authority there. Usually if you're gang affiliated, you're a member of the blood, say you would check in with someone who is blood in the city. It could be another gang, you know, that I'm saying the terms checking in is whether paying your respects and some money doing a feature with the artist there or, you know, yeah. Okay, so pretty much checking in is. If you finna hit somebody else's hood, you let them know that you that you come in through, so that if anything, they can either provide you protection or tell you this ain't where you need to be based on whatever they got going on out there. Yeah. All right, it's so respecting. Um, question: As an example, if you were to go from New York to say Los Angeles to perform, would you have to check in? Answer: We didn't check in. No. Yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, yeah. If you're gang affiliated, they expect you to check in. Even if you're not gang affiliated, they expect you to check in. After Rap a Lot affiliates prevented Six Nine from performing at a concert in Texas, members of Non Trey sought uh, sought revenge by robbing a rival in New York. Question: Okay, why did you want to record the robbery? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Answer: To publicize it. That they tried to embarrass us, so now we're going to rob them in our city. Okay. Six Nine also described offering 20000 to an associate, the namesake um, of the song Kuda, to shoot the Chicago rapper Chief Keef, with whom he had exchanged words online and by phone. <sighs> Answer. I was in California at the time, and I gave orders to my friend Kuda to shoot at him. 
nigga. What in the hell? Question, and how did that come about? Answer, I was in California in a hotel room. I was on the phone with Kuda. He said, I got eyes on. Like, I'm going to have eyes on him. I'm like, sure. I said, uh, make sure I have 20 bins on him. Can you, bins is a thousand. So 20 bins is 20,000. And Kuda told you he had eyes on it? Answer, he said he was going to have eyes on it. Know where he at. Who is the he? I'm in disbelief right now. Answer, <laughs> T-U-T. Question, what happened around 4 a.m., I want to oh, say? God. Not to put a time on it, but around the morning, very morning hours, I was on the phone with Kuda. Kuda fired shots in the air, and that was that. And that very next morning, after it happened, it, it made it was publicized. I mocked Chief Key. Did there come a time where you met up with Kuda B after the shooting? Yes. What happened? I only gave him ten instead of twenty. Who are you with? I was with Shotty. How come? How did it come about that you gave him less money than what you talked about? Shotty told me not to give him no twenty. That Kuda fired one shot in the air. Nigga, things go south. All right, all right, all right. Like ninety-five percent of what he said was wasn't what he was being asked about. Yeah. Like, all right. So again, I ask: Is he telling or is he snitching? Yeah, he put a hit out, and that's a really, really bad hit out. So yeah, snitching. He's snitching right now. Yes. All right, so I asked the listeners, is he telling it, is he snitching? I think at this time, he's snitching, okay? Yeah. So you may not have been jumped in, but you were chilling with these niggas, right. and you had these niggas doing your bidding. You you hired them out. Like, we can say hired them out since you weren't directly, like, gang. So at this point, like, you conspired with them to commit these crimes. You're now snitching. It'd be different if he was in fear for his life and they was making him do this shit. Because, you know, nigga, we giving you credibility. If we say you're going to do X, Y, and Z, bitch, you're going to do it. That's not the case here. Yeah. Not by his testimony. That's not the case. This nigga snitching. This nigga snitching. In my opinion. Yeah. Corey. You, oh, okay. I was getting ready to ask. You know, no, yeah, definitely. That nigga snitching. The nigga's, the nigga's snitching. Like, yeah. Damn. I've never seen snitching like this before. <laughs> You've never, oh, I've seen snitching like this, but this is like, nigga. And so, that that was the first day of transcripts. But now there's a rumor out that he's calling out Jim Jones. Yeah. Y'all clear that up real quick. Tell me, tell me what's going on. All right, so. Then Jim Jones' name got brought up. You got the uh, article up, Corey? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. What was you saying? Thank <laughs> you. 
Mm. What do you mean by violence? Does he mean like just like taking advantage of or like probably uh taking advantage of yeah. who knows? Yeah. All right, so it is kind of a well known fact that one Jim Jones is not a retired rapper, and that shit was disrespectful of as fuck. For that little motherfucker to get up there on that motherfucking stand <laughs> and call my man <laughs> a retired rapper. Yeah, like, don't do that, bro. Don't do that, bro. Because first of all, Jim is still dropping fucking albums, and they're damn good albums. My favorite album so far is fucking Wasted Talent. That shit bangs, all right? And even on Wasted Talent, Jim shouts out, uh, shouts out non-Trey Billies. So, I mean, it's kind of a known fact that Jim been blood since the 90s, all right? Jim is not a new blood member. He didn't become blood for his rap career. Jimmy was blood before he had a rap career. He just so happened to be... He, he's more like a blood nigga that just so happened to rap. Right. Not a rapper who just so happens to be blood. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Jim didn't even really rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just got put on. He, he kind of got good at the shit. And so he stuck with it. But he's he's always been, been gang. Like, you know what I mean? But... I'm gonna play this audio. Uh, hold on. I'm gonna put up the audio. So the audio, um, the audio from the trial leaked, courtesy of Lisa Evers of Fox Five, New York. So here it is. Now that nigga gotta he gotta fucking go. Like they gotta violate him, like they gotta put hands on him. Yeah. Like for those who don't know what I mean by that, they gotta do him off. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
ain't getting enough money for that. somebody's phone i'm trying to figure out now whose phone was tapped because i'm thinking i'm thinking it wasn't i wasn't it couldn't have been jim because jimmy's low-hanging fruit you know what i'm saying like it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have tapped his shit but he wouldn't so, say all that if he was knowingly being recorded well, of course not wiretaps you never know when your shit no, is I know, tapped I'm saying, yeah. so i'm thinking he was on the phone who the nigga he was on the phone with who was he on the phone with melly met with uh mel What's this? I was getting ready to call him Melly Mel. <laughs> Not the rapper, guys. No. Um, 
Jamel Murder. Jamel. So he was on the phone with Murder. I'm thinking Murder's phone's been tapped for a minute because he's a quote unquote godfather mm. of non trades. Okay. So I'm I'm thinking that Jim just done got caught up because you know he called a homie to talk to the homie and the homie phone tapped. And they don't know. It, got, it had to be yeah. Mel's phone had to be tapped because they coming for the heads of the organization, which is why they're coming for Shada, and they coming for Mel, and that's that's who that's who Takashi telling on right now is yeah. Shadi. And also, so, to bring it up like the, it seems like the feds have been after nine trade or trade um, nine trade or trade nine whatever. They uh they've been after them for nine, a while. Trade. nine trade. They've been after them for a while because I saw. Uh, first of all, said they the uh, one of the leaders or founders of that set um, got like a suit, like a crazy scent, like fifty years or something crazy like that. So they are after them hard. So yeah, anything there's a there's a reason why Tasha is snitching like a snitching. Dog. Man, I just hope this shit doesn't result in like a conspiracy charge to jump for a Jindo. Yeah. I mean, it probably will. Uh, if they have him on tape basically suggesting or ordering. I mean, it, it, it was it's not so much as an order. It's not like, yo, get such and such yeah, to do I mean, such and such. It was more like a conversation, you know, but that, that leads to conspiracy because conspiracy right. is simply a conversation, intent, right? it's, it's, it's an intent. To right. do somebody bodily harm. Yeah. Yo, this shit is fucking wild. He could even go as far as to be like, if this was a different time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'm be real with you. Like, I know about some shit happening right now. You know, as to where, like, if this was a different day and age, mm-hmm. niggas would be dead already. If this is a different day and age, Takashi would have never made it to become to turn evidence. Like, he would have never made it to be turned evidence. This is a different day and time. Yeah, no, he would have been gone. Like it's definitely a, de- it's definitely a different age. You know what I'm saying? Niggas been snitching. Like snitching isn't nothing new. But a lot of like, I remember a time where niggas didn't get a chance to snitch. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty weird that he's still alive. <laughs> or not injured. I want to see. I really want to see how this plays out. Like, what's going to happen? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cardi B. They they dropped Cardi B's name in the um in the trial. Mm-hmm. She posted this shit on Instagram. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, the key Palmer. Yeah, she, but yeah, yeah. I saw. Yeah, she I don't know this that. man. Sorry to this man, but I don't know this man. And then Kiki Palmer commented on it. Yeah, she, <laughs> that shit is wild. But yeah, so at this point. Takashi's definitely snitching. He stepped outside of the realms of telling 
when it came out that he wasn't just chilling with these niggas, but he had these niggas doing his bidding. That's when shit takes a different turn. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now this dumbass, his career's over, and he's going to be stuck with all these 6 nines tatted on his fucking face. And shit. <laughs> Looking like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I think they're gonna have to get them removed for like Wittek. And they ain't going to fucking Wittek. Where do you think he's going? Yeah, I don't think he's gonna make it, dude. Oh, okay. It's possible. Saying these niggas not the mob, but I don't think he's gonna make it, dude. He's too recognizable. Yeah. Even if he, even if I think, even if he gets this shit removed, they're not gonna be able to remove him. Remove him, like it's just. Yeah. You should even cover it up. Actually, you say get some makeup. Yeah, no, like that. Get other, get, get some new tattoos. Just like, just do full sleeves of like whatever, anything. What is he gonna do about that big ass six nine on his fucking forehead? I don't know. Make it star. Make it Patrick. I don't fucking know. Dude. Nigga said, make it fucking Patrick. Nigga said, make it Patrick. All right, but we've come to the conclusion that the niggas telling the niggas snitching. He ain't telling no more. Like he snitching. He's, he's definitely. So that being said, Jim Jones is not. I don't believe Jimmy is an informant. I think he just got fucking caught up because he didn't know his man's phones was tapped. I think because I don't think Jimmy's phones were tapped. I'm pretty sure Murder's phones were tapped. Yeah. All right. Since we're talking about snitching and niggas being in jail, R. Kelly then got all his bail revoked. So that nigga's remand. All right. But that's not it. Y'all remember the woman who uh, owned the daycare out in Chicago that posted that bill yeah, for him the first time? She's not getting that She's back. not getting that money back. All right. So he got arraigned recently. Uh, you know, they, they met up to kind of discuss charges and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the lady sent her lawyer. Talk to the judge about running that money back. Yeah. Nigga, when I tell you I was fucking weak, when that nigga, when that judge asked that nigga on whose authority does she deserve to get her money back? Yeah. Listen, sis. <laughs> Come close. Props to that judge, man. Come close. Let me tell you something. You, are you here? Is your ear to the speaker? I want to I wanna tell you something. You'll never see a dime of that fucking money again. You know why, you stupid little bitch? Because you had no business putting your money up for him anyway. How are you, as a fucking daycare owner, putting up money to bail out an alleged pedophile? That shit don't mean- I won't even say alleged. Like, okay, he's a pedophile. I don't understand. Make it make sense, somebody. Yeah, does she still- Is she still- I don't- Is she even allowed, like- I don't even understand how she's allowed to have a daycare anymore. You know? Like, clearly you're a danger. I'm, I would have- Clearly, you're a danger to children. Right, because you let a known pedophile around these kids. So, whatever happens to her is what she deserves. She deserves whatever is happening. She losing money, she deserves that shit. She can't get that money back, she deserves that shit. Because you had no fucking business meddling in that shit anyway. So, I'm glad she can't get that fucking money back. Good. Go have a fucking seat, you fucking bozo. (laughs) Yeah. Clown asshole. I have no words. Next. (laughs) (laughs) 
Jordan said he ain't got no words. Talking about some next. What's next? Uh, <laughs> uh A B. Okay, Anthony Brown. Since today. since we talking about niggas, stupid whatever. Yes, st- stupid ass niggas. Antonio Brown has been released from his contract with the Patriots after what? One game? Yes, he was there for eleven days. Eleven days in one game. Because they got tired of this shit. Yep. I'm finna drop a Nick Bar on y'all. We got Jordan Bars. We got Nick Bars too. Whatever they said that nigga did, that nigga did. He did that shit. Guilty as fuck. Guilty as fuck. <laughs> yeah, but you know why they cut him, right? When he did again, right? So the so there's I think there's two accusers now. Um, if I remember correctly, um, the other the second accuser, not Brittany Taylor, um. He sent her threatening text messages in a fucking group chat. In a group chat. With his that his attorneys on the thread. His attorney is on the thread in the group chat. And he sent her threatening messages. How fucking dumb can you be? Yeah. Yeah, so that's why he got cut. Because he, he like wouldn't just wouldn't leave it alone. And uh if you come in to see the little dumbass boy from up the street, I'm gonna tell that little motherfucker about his fucking 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 dumbass. What is this? What's going on? We'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> so AB texted his lawyer in a group checks and the and the girl that accused him and said what? So he texted texted the girl threatening her in a group text with multiple people. The group text just so happened to include his lawyer. That's how dumb he was. So did he say I'm going to text this bitch and put everybody in a group chat? Or was she like, I'm trying to figure out. I don't know if it was an accident. He didn't realize he, was, he wasn't texting just her. or I don't know like the specifics of that the specifics of that part. But I do know that was the best thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> he might as well have added the chief of police in that bitch. Right. Like, added the own attorney, dude? Like, what are you, and why is she in a group chat with you and your attorney anyway? And other people also. Like, I don't get that. What's the, that doesn't make sense to me. Why is that? Why is that? Who thought? You know, we should talk about fantasy football together, guys. Like, how does that come about? I don't understand. My attorney, my accuser, my wife. But yeah, what? Matter of fact, let's add the GM of the team. Matter of fact, why do you still have her number? You know, it's a good thing you have her number. Well, you're not supposed to reach out to your accuser. You're not, but you know, I mean, it's uh, listen, whatever they said, then he did. He did. I don't know. I don't know. Any fucking uh, like benefit of the doubt or any? No, not right. at all. So it's, it's almost like he wants to go to jail or something. Yes. So what's <laughs> this thing between him and Sharp though? So him and Shane, Sharp, him and Uncle Shay, him and Uncle Shay have had beef for a while now because remember back like two three years ago after that uh, game against Kansas City where he went on Facebook Live during Mike Tomlin's speech. Mm-hmm. So right when he did that. Um, Shannon Sharp was like, "Y'all gotta trade him. Y'all gotta get rid of him. Like, he's it's only gonna get worse yeah. from there." Right. 
So he's been consistent with that. And AB went on Undisputed a couple years ago, and they like talked and like he talked about they talked about face to face. Um, and Shane Sharp was nice and respectful score, but obviously you could tell he like wasn't buying what AB was selling because he's like he's like a con man, like he's really good, like appearing like soft spoken and charismatic and you know whatever, like really likable. Um, but Sharp Sh- Shannon was like nah, you could tell. And um, and then he so. Shannon Sharp has never really let up on like just being like, yo, this guy only cares about himself. He is, he's only gonna get worse. Like, this is, he's not gonna change. This is who he is. It's who he's been for a while. And he was on this, um, uninterrupted to LeBron show and he took some shots at Shannon Sharp on that show too. And, um, and then, of course, Shannon's been on his ass about this, not on his ass, but just on the fucking truth about what's been going on recently with him. And then because he got cut, he just went off on this tangent, throwing well, not you can't throw Ben Ben Roethlisberger on the bus to me because in my mind he's a rapist. So to me, it is I, what it I, is. Like, yeah. like you know what I'm saying. Um, so he threw, he mentioned Big Ben. He was like he, he got accused and he only got suspended for four games. Shannon Sharp had his situation. Nothing happened. Um, first of all, Shannon Sharp was retired. He was working for like a box at the time. Mm-hmm. This happened. So that's like a false equivalency. So what happened? Shannon Sharp? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a girl who was like pursuing him. He rebuffed her advances. She turned to a stalker. He had to get a restraining order on her. But she, I think before that, or at the same time, I guess, was trying to make it seem like he was um, harassing her or abusing her in some way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't read all the like court docs on that stuff. But yeah. And he was obviously. Not acquitted because he wasn't convicted or charged, but his name was you know, was clear, clear, evidently because yeah. of the proof that listen, I'm trying, I'm I'm in the process of seeking out legal action against her, and, and in was, the midst of that, she's and she was uh, recommended for a psych evaluation. <laughs> That's so, always fun. That tells you everything that you need to know. Right, everything, everything you'll you ever need to know about Yeah, or person period. Yeah, per- yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so he AB went on that Twitter rant. And then Shannon Sharp, I'm going to go to his Instagram real quick. He posted a few responses. Um, and also, because Shannon's doing pre, he was doing like the red carpet, red carpet stuff for the Emmys tonight. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I, I can't really go into it right now, but um, Ether will, Ether's going to happen tomorrow. So I will definitely be up at 9 30. Okay. <laughs> Watching under <laughs> <watching. laughs> Yeah, and we gonna have to come back and talk about that. Yeah, 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 definitely. So he first he posted this this sixty nine AB meme <sighs> with his face uh, on with his rainbow hair and all that. He just said, uh, Antonio six nine out here drops on everybody." Then he posted the court transcript of the event. I read that just for you know, clarification. The girl's name was last name was Bundy Evans. Bundy Evans made headlines in twenty ten after filing a restraining order against Sharp three-time Super Bowl winner who currently hosts a sports TV show when in fact she'd been stalking him after he refused to date her, various media reports said at the time. The order was quickly dismissed. Uh, Bundy was first taken to Bergen Regional Medical Center on Thursday for a psychiatric evaluation before being transferred on Friday to Bergen County Jail where she remained pending extradition proceedings. So So there's that. Right. And then, uh, yeah, so and then he said a tweet about, like, he's just going to come tomorrow. So, yeah, that's pretty much the whole story for right now. 
on him and Shannon Sharp. Yeah, he's gonna read him for fucking filth. He is, man. It's gonna be biblical. I uh, cannot wait. He I is gonna wait. read him for fucking shit. I cannot wait. Yeah, so that's that's the A, A, the A B situation with Shannon Sharp. And then of course obviously something they did with the group text and tweeting everybody and all that shit. Well, A B, uh I wish you nothing but the best. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that, Cole? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Whatever y'all said that nigga did, he did. <laughs> Alright. It is. I mean, because he had a great opportunity, and here he is fucking it off by being a fucking idiot. Yep. There's, there's no, there's nothing else to say. Like, there's no other way to call it. Yeah. It's stupid. Like, wait a fumble the bag. Like I've never seen a bag fumbling <laughs> this epic before. And again, it was sort of like with the uh uh the Raiders last time because he all he had to do was make it to Monday, he would have got five million. He just had to stay on the roster till, till Monday, he would have got five million dollars. But and now he got a grand total of like hundred and eighty eight thousand dollars. He can't do nothing like it, he, look. Niggas gonna nig. Yeah. That's it. That's <laughs> Niggas gonna nick. Yep. That's that on that. So we doing Fantasia next? I guess we're gonna head to Fantasia. All right. So, uh, Fantasia made headlines over the week. Well, quote unquote headlines. Yeah. Yeah. Quote unquote. People made headlines of what she said. Right. Like that. All right. So uh, Fantasia went on the Breakfast Club and she was asked about relation her relationship with her husband, how they meet, how they met, all that jazz, and just kind of like the inner workings of like their household. Um, especially being that he's a regular smuggler nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like he owns his own business, but he's not like. Yeah. He's not famous. Yeah. For anything other than being Fantasia's husband, and even then, a lot of us don't I really know what he know looks like. Married. You didn't know she was married? Nah. Well, she'll um in the interview she discloses that um they got married in secret right. and then didn't really announce that they were married. Like she wasn't hiding it, mm-hmm. but they didn't have a wedding or anything until like their anniversary. Yeah. And then they had a wedding, but right. they, she just kind of wanted something for herself. Mm-hmm. And so they they got married. They went to the courthouse and called it a day. Yeah. So I'm going to play you her um clip so pretty much um, she made comments about submission and a relationship and in a marriage. And the bulk of everybody who had a lot to say about it didn't listen to the whole interview. They went off of, like a clip. Um, and I think the main quote that people were using was that or the misquote was that uh, women can't find a man because women can't find a man because they want to be leaders or some shit like that. She but that's not exactly one of those things was the, yeah. it, it that wasn't exactly what she said so i'm gonna go ahead and play the clip um i'm gonna back it up to like her and dj mv speaking first to give it some context i can't be connected huh and you don't really count this conversation you've been married for too long you're right how long you've been married 18 years whoa that's what's up. 25 okay what's the key uh one the woman's always right <laughs> that's the number yeah. one thing he ain't doing that with us today, though. Number two is uh, <laughs> number two is, is communication. Yeah. A lot of that, and number three, a lot of forgiving on the woman's part. 
<laughs> you got to forgive your man. <laughs> right. Number four, the woman is always right. That's that's pretty much what it is. The woman is always right. Okay. And that's it. What about what about prayer? Every day. Okay, together. Every morning, wait my wife for me. Pray well before. That's I what's up. Every no, I respect that. Let me hear your prayer. I respect that. Amen. 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 Jesus, Jesus wept. Hallelujah. Before we're thankful for, and then what we ask, you know, thank you, you know. Help. I don't know. We want another pray. child. Have five kids. Yeah. We want another child. So we like God help us with having this other child. And to be, we would love to have another child. Okay. I'm looking for a new home. Heavenly Father, help us with this home. All help right. Come help on, man. When I'm traveling, make sure I get to work back and safely. Make sure my kids are good every day. They flowing. That's what I do every day. Every morning. I salute at four thirty in the morning. I wake my wife up and we pray. Real talk. You should I'm get up a little earlier than that so you can get to work on time. See how she <laughs> should be trying to come. She comes to you. But no, real talk. Real talk. I salute that. Yeah, because we need more of that. You know what I mean? We need more men to stand up and, and lead the way. Most women are trying to be the leader. That's why you can't find a man. You can't be the king in the house. Fall back and be the queen and let your man lead, lead the way. So I salute you for that. What does that mean? You can't be a leader. A lot of women look at that like, no, you know, I can lead in my household. I can do this in my household. What does that mean? That's not how it's supposed to be. And that's why we bump heads. And I feel like it's a generational thing. And we can talk. We can go real deep on that. I, might need, I don't need to start that. But it's a generational curse. Mm-hmm. And how society have placed our men mm-hmm. and women have to, to, to stand up and be the mother and the father and the provider. And so then now you are so bad. You so you can't be told nothing. that when the right man come, you lose him because you're trying to be the, the man. I was going to say, right. man, can we be equal? Oh, of course. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm the neck. My man's the head. So he can't make any moves without his wife. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. all works together. But you can't be the head of the house. You have to let the man be the head of the house. But it's a generational thing, and it's what we've been taught. Stand up, be strong, be the, you know what I mean? And a, a dude come, and you, everything about you is like a man. Sometimes we have no choice, though. But that's why I was saying. It's right. a generational thing, and that's what society has. They do that on purpose. Mm-hmm. So you think women have to fall back a little for their man? Is that what you think? You have to learn how to submit. You can still be a queen. Queen plays a part. The, the king needs his queen. Mm-hmm. It's certain things that he can't see that we see. Some people will say the queen is the most valuable uh, piece on the board. It Come is. on, anybody play chess? It is, yeah. yeah. People, okay. It's My husband teaches me how to play chess. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we work together, but the queen has to all has to sit back and allow her king to be the king. And what about in a situation where a woman makes more money in a relationship? That's hard. Because that's when jealousy starts coming in. That's when, you know what I mean? And it, that goes back to communicating in prayer. Mm-hmm. Because if a woman, you know, if you're, if you're solid, you know who you are, you know what you bring to the table. A lot of times money breaks up relationships. Money is the root of all evil. It is. So everybody's thinking about the wrong things. Instead of falling back and sitting and saying, let's play chess together. I got you. You got me. Let's go. But, you know, in a relationship, a lot of times, especially, you know, with so many independent women out there and doing their own thing. And now with an independent woman who's, a, let's say, a boss, who has their own job, pays their own bills, their own crib, their own car, now they meet a guy. It's, it's, it's hard to a, a woman to, as you would say, admit to a man because yeah. they're already in that position. They're already their own boss. Yeah. You know, so what happens in that situation? Listen, I had to go through it. When I met my husband, like, I was taking care of everything. I took care of my whole family. Like, mm-hmm. it was me, right? So now I'm meeting a man that's coming in and he's like, intelligent, very smart, self-educated. Husbands are failing. Mm-hmm. But he turned it all around and he owns his own business, mm-hmm. right? And so I wasn't used to that. I was a pop-off. Quick with the mouth. Smart. 
it took a man like him to sit me down, look me in my eyes and talk to me like I was supposed to be talked to and say, I'm here now. You don't have to do all of that. Pass it over to me and let me take care of it. But it wasn't easy because I had been doing it for so many years. And you can it's hard to trust people. You got to trust yourself to handle things and to allow somebody else. When we've been doing things a certain way for so long yeah. and having to hold it down, sometimes it is hard to give that up. Yeah, it is. But it's good to know that you still can handle things. Mm-hmm. When need when need be, you know. Well, and you know, Fantasia got married. She knew him for three weeks, right? Three weeks. Three weeks. Mm-hmm. Three weeks. So what? What in that three weeks? And I'm going to marry him for the rest of my life. Well, I had just I just left New York. I was doing a, a, my second Broadway play here. So that whole time I was here, I was here for like seven months and some change, a little over like eight months here. And I just fasted that whole time and focused on me. I focused strictly on Fantasia because I knew I was broken as hell. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was carrying a lot of stuff. I wanted a relationship, but there's no way I was going to have it with all that baggage. So I needed to sit back and focus on me. While I was doing that, I had a little small list that I told God. Because sometimes I always tell people, like, God knows what he wants for us, but do we know mm-hmm. what's best for us? So I had to sit back and figure that out. And I was like, I knew I wanted a man that was going to love me, love my children, love God, you know, be a smart man, cover me, see me. All the things that were on my list, he was. He was that. When I seen him, when I met him, I was like, yo, scary. We Wait. never, we didn't make love to be married. That was one thing I wanted. I wanted somebody to see me for me, not Fantasia. I mean. So where, where did you meet him? Where did I meet him? As mm-hmm. soon as I got back home to Charlotte, mm-hmm. downtown. He was hanging out at a little spot, the Hyatt. You said you've been before, rooftop spot. Rooftop. We talked all night long. Six o'clock in the morning, we were still talking. I'm like, yo, what is it with you? Like, I ain't never met somebody quite like you. Conversation was good. Never did he ever, like, try to come on to me. It was like, mm, this, God, you you know, never, ever. It was just great conversation. Mm-hmm. I knew he was my dude. He was my boyfriend. Then. Did he come up to you <laughs> and just start a conversation? No. He didn't. His friend came up tried to flirt. His friend was trying to holler hard. I was like, please, somebody get him away from <laughs> Go away. Yeah, they were sloppy drunk. <laughs> he was. And I, I told my girls, I was like, let's roll. And he comes down like, yo, I just want to say, um, I don't want what they're doing or how they acting to reflect on the whole crew. Y'all are more than welcome to stay, da 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 buy your drink or whatever if, if you want to. But I just want to let y'all know, like, everybody that's with them ain't like that. And that's when I was like, dang, you fine. <laughs> I'll stay, let's stay, let's stay. We talked all night. That's a good game to play for guys out there, right? You want to say your girlfriend over the closet? Then you come over like, I want to apologize. Where's he from? Gotta Estonia, North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. That's some good G. That was G. Now, how did y'all decide to marry? You really want to know? I do. We were sitting talking, and he was like, yo, I never thought I would marry a woman like you. And I was like, I'll marry you. He was like, what's good? I was like, what's, what you want to do? Like, Let's do it. And we went and got married at the courthouse without nobody. None of y'all knew. The world didn't know. It felt so good. And we went to the courthouse. No white dress, sweatshirt. Oh, I got me a dress. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> I got a dress. And after that, we got we had a wedding on our anniversary. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want. I felt like the world was always all in my. I just wanted to do it my way. So he was like, "Well, it's good. Let's go. Let's go." And we got in the car. And we went. Damn. Wow. So no prenup or nothing. You just. Well, he yeah, he wanted the prenup. Up. Okay. And I think that was a dope move because he wanted people to know like I don't I want you for it. Mm-hmm. If he didn't want it. You would have did it without it. Um, 
I probably would have, but I'm glad. You know what I mean? Cause, come on, girl. Listen, I know. I know. I know. I know. But, <laughs> you know, the fact that he brought it up, I was right. like, you know, you don't. He was like, nah, because I want the people to know. I don't want you for that. I want I, I want to. That's dope. I love that story. That's my homie. That's mm-hmm. why I asked him, what's the tips? Give me the tips, because it's been five years. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to be something we've never seen before. So the new album's oh, guestbook yeah. is in a good, happy place. Yeah. All right. So that was her interview on The Breakfast Club. Um, her and her husband did a follow-up video. We talk a lot. I just got home. He just got home. We were in New York for Fashion Week, and then he had to fly out to go speak um, at the prisons, and I had to continue to keep working. So I went up to The Breakfast Club, and I enjoyed it. And Ron, you too? And babe, we just, we just wrapping it up and talking, and I was speaking... Yeah, so when I got back home, he had kind of said something that piggybacked off what I was saying, and I thought it was so dope coming from the male perspective that I felt like the male and the female shit here. So so here's the issue. Isn't it supposed to be a beautiful song and dance between some lovers? What's happened is men have abused that power. Forgive me, they've abused that gift. Yeah, been misled. To think that it's something where it's a dominant spirit and we, we own every decision, we dictate everything, we rule with our iron fist. First of all, that's not love. Mm. What happens is in my marriage, let me not speak for everyone, my marriage, I commit daily to the most high. I stay in my scripture. I continue to feed myself with things that help me build my character, to reshape my perspective that was messed up in the streets and dealing with different propaganda and programming and things like that so that I can come to my wife from a good position. So when I do that, she sees me and she witnesses all the time that it's an it's an authentic demonstration. Her heart is moved, softened, and compelled to submit to me. Yeah. What does that look like? That doesn't mean that I dictate every decision. I don't walk around the house saying what we're gonna spend, how we're gonna do it. We talk, we be. I, I consider everything that's on her, her heart, her perspective, her position, her philosophy. I carefully weave that into my philosophy to figure out what's the best. Crown, keeping all of that in mind. Now, the moment I start to step out of this and I start to move from a place of emotion instead of analytics, she has every right to snatch that back because submission is a gift. Mm. When she sees me laying at the foot of the father, she has no reason to withhold that from me. Mm. The problem is this. Men are not found in positions of leadership handling it with integrity. How are you going to lead your wife if you can't balance a checkbook? You don't know what's going on in the stock market. I don't understand the finances. You can't create a budget. You don't understand what's going on in the educational system in your community that's impacting your kids. To lead, you got to be so far ahead of your family. By the time they come to you with a situation or a problem, you've already dived into it, done your due diligence so that you build leadership. Mm-hmm. You don't lead from your genitals. You lead from a gentle place of understanding. And the more she trusts, the more she can let go of things that she don't have to deal with and focus on the things that edify her. It ain't about money. We both hustlers. It's not about a dollar for dollar thing. One unit. Yeah. If I fall, she falls. If she falls, I fall. The mission is solely about trust. I think when 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 women hear the word submission, we're like, what? Submitting. <laughs> yeah. With my husband, like he said, to piggyback off what he said, it was what he demonstrated. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't come in and say, all right, like he said, we're going to 
the budget is this, 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 for that, 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 this, that, and the third. I watched how he did things. I watched how he budgeted. I watched him. And then I slowly became <laughs> him. And I said, yeah, now I think I'm I'm more frugal than him. And and, and that's not even being like, gotta be frugal because we don't have it. It's just being smart. And the word, if you dig deep in the word with your with your with your partner, you'll start to see a lot of things that we're talking about. But yeah, I, I like that he broke that down because I'm a very strong woman. I like what I like. I, you know, I'm very strong. But when it comes to allowing him to cover and lead this home, I sit back and allow him to do that and it makes me better by all that life. All right. So that's the bulk of what was said. Um, I do want to, at a later date, approach this episode, episode, or this, not this episode, but this topic, um, further, further with, with women, both single, married, and, uh, hit some of the married homies up and kind of dive more to, into that topic because as single guys, I think there's only but so much we can contribute to the conversation. Yeah. So. I'm going to start with Corey. What are your thoughts in regards to the interview, her take on it, his take on it, and submission period? Speak up, Corey. I can hear you, but I, I need you a little loud. It sounds kind of faint. Jordan? Um, I agree with everything um, Fantasia's, like Corey and Fantasia's husband said. Um, submission is something; it's a it's a gift. It's not a right. Yeah, you know. And if it, and if it is a right, it's a right that you have to earn. Like I like I saw I can't remember who said it, but they said you know one will will gladly submit if she's being treated right. She's being treated properly. So you can't just it's not just she's a woman she needs to submit to me because I'm a man. It's she's my woman because I earned her trust, her love, her respect, her um, vulnerability and all that stuff. I earned knowing her and her flaws and accepting that and embracing my own so that I can love her better. And because I did that, then, she, if, you know, if a man does that, mm-hmm. then she will submit, I believe. Or, you know, I'm supposed to Before I give my take, what is submission to y'all? What, is that, what does that even mean? Because a lot of, I think a lot of the hangups about submission and whether or not it's it's the thing to do yeah is based on what submission actually is good point good good yeah good point so
Um, to me, submission is more so, like I said, like I agree with Corey. Honestly, it's just like allowing the person to lead, the other person to lead, but not. It's not a dictatorship. It's partnership. It's team. It's a you know, team exercise, if you will. Um, uh, you know, it's not like in order to in order to follow, in order to lead, you must first learn to follow. I feel, mm-hmm. and you got to learn to both. In the terms of marriage, in the concept of marriage, you should both be following Christ. You should be following God. And then you can learn, to, you will be able to do that. You will be developing into a human being that is able to then lead a virtuous woman that you are treating properly so that she will be comfortable submitting to you. And by submitting, um, again, allowing you to lead, but not abuse or um, authoritate the household. It's not supposed to be, you know, um, like a totem pole or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just supposed to be a, ch- a check and balance. Okay. And it's not even that the man has to find a word, but um, you have to make, it should be so that your wife feels comfortable coming to you with something, a question or, or you know, depending on you. Um, you know, and it's like you said, like he, and his husband put it beautifully. He said, you have to be so far ahead that when they come to you with something, you already have the answer. Right. Now, not that a man always has to have the answer. You have to be right all the time. And but you familiarize yourself with the with the territory in which you and your family are in. Right. And so the, much so that when it comes to it, you've already scoped the scene or have at least anticipated it. Right. And then also, point, I, I thought where he was going to go. He didn't go. But yet the point is being ahead so you can lead. Mm-hmm. Like knowing the steps that you need to take where you want to go, or even knowing that there are steps that you need to take, even if you don't necessarily know where you want to go or how you're going to get there. Right. But you have to have some form of direction um, in your goal or in in whatever situation or issue that you're dealing with, be it financial, with kids, the marriage itself, something internal, your issue, something she's dealing with, helping her deal with that or being there to support her. Um, it really just depends on whatever is going on in the marriage. Again, I'm not married. I've never been married. So I my scope on that is limited obviously but that's what i'd imagine it would be okay so personally um all right so um i dig what they both said in regards to submission um i really like how her husband put it in regards to it being a gift something that is earned and something that can be taken away. Yeah. It's a gift. You know what I mean? You can renege on this shit. Like, no, nah, I don't like the way you move in. Like, I don't trust you to make to make the necessary decisions right now. Um, but keep in mind, I'm I'm speaking as a as a single guy, somebody who's been engaged before but never actually took the step to get married. Uh for one reason or another. We're not gonna go into my shitty decision making. Um <laughs> that's a whole other episode. But um I believe that. Submission is a gift, but I also believe that it's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think women are the only ones who are to submit within a marriage or a relationship. Um, men may not like to admit this, but we submit every day to our women, yes. one way or another. Whether it's chivalry is submission, in a sense, yeah. It's just it's just, it's just a like a I don't know polite deference. Yeah, I mean we're we're. I, 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 Men are submissive to women in a lot of ways. We submit Literally, dating to, is submission. Yeah, it, it really, like, it really is. Like, like that's what I say. Like, it's all like women have the power in, in like terms of the concept of dating. 
but you gotta get you gotta like woo her and charm her and get her to like give you the opportunity for you to display yourself so that she can be like you for you sure. to do that through you know conversation and acts of and, kindness and shit like that yeah and paying attention and yeah. you know attention to detail all that stuff but i think it's also key to um to mention that we also submit to our partners in, in the same way that in the same definition in which um mr taylor said um if there's an issue and your partner knows better in how to resolve that issue, then you're going to seek their guidance. So women see a lot of shit that we don't, especially when it comes to relationships and dealing with other people. Especially other women. Other, especially other women. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's real. Because things that we think are platonic and harmless, women see right through that shit. Like, no, she has ulterior motives. Or even or even our homeboys. I've dated, I dated a girl who um, noticed some shit about some homeboys I had. Yeah. And it wasn't like it wasn't like bad, but she picked up on like some shit about their character. Yeah. That she felt like I needed to be aware of. And me trusting her, her decision making skills, and the fact that she has my best interest at heart, I submitted to her opinions in a sense that I took them into account mm-hmm. and I used what she was telling me to kind of like bone up on the shit that I noticed. Because yeah. I already had inklings, you know, feelings about the way that they move. Like, I wasn't a big fan of it. But her bringing more shit to my attention was just another reason for me to be careful when I'm hanging out with them or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to always watch watch my surroundings because they always be on some shit. Like, it's always some shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, just like, just like we want women to trust our judgment and our decision making, we have to afford them the same as well. That's a great point because I I was thinking about like all that we're talking is like my, one of my I did when I was dating a girl one time she had this like friend from work who had this like weird like not obsession but like I like I told her I was like it's her like it's her goal to make you her best friend it's a weird concept for a human being to have another human being right. I was like she's very possessive of you and it's weird like, I look in her eyes and it's, I, it's just there's something I feel about her that's weird that's off. A psych evaluation. Right. And so she like and the girl kept trying to hang out with her and the girl was like singing, she was like, Can you come with me to like help me meet guys, like be my wing woman and all that shit like that, whatever. And stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? And then she like said, um, asked you no know, uh the girl at the time I was hanging out with to like come over and like do her hair or whatever. And she did her hair, but she goes over there and the girl had like a friend from high school or college there, like just chilling. And it turns out that the girl had actually like tried to basically set up a situation where they would hang out all night and like she spend the night or like they have like sort of girls weekend or some, all some weird shit like that. And now, and she told me, she was like, she said this up and she was like, when you, she said, I was like, damn, he's right. Cause she, like, she was like, this dude like would post her on social media, like my best friend, she let I was like, I mean, I'm not gonna say I told you so, but that was like, that was what it turned out to be what I thought it was going to be, you know? Right, right. And then even on, and then, you know, the reverse of that is, I had a female friend at the time, just platonic, you know, nothing. Whatever we had, I, I had like a crush on her before, but I had gotten over that before. I went into a new relationship, and but then my girl was like telling me like, "You should watch out." Like I think she's like into you, like, and I was just like, "I'm," uh, even when it comes to stuff like that. So I didn't, I wasn't seeing it. Like I, I wasn't noticing it at all. But she was like, "I was like, why do you say that? Like, can you give me like more details?" She was like, "Well." She comes to you and like talks to you, but she like sits up, sits on your desk, and she like hyper skirt up or 
her skirt will be hiked up. Like I guess she's sitting. She wears tight clothes. Whatever. You know. I don't. Know, I can't remember the specifics, but just like you'll like hike her skirt up and she, like sit on your desk and stuff like that um, when you're working. Um, and then there was this one incident where she like asked me to go. Her phone was broken and she needed to go to some store to get it fixed. She didn't know where the store was and she didn't have a phone at the time because it was fucked up. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, "Well, can you ride with me to the store after work?" And I had plans with my girl that night, but it was like later that day, so I was like, maybe I can do both files because in my head I'm like, I'm gonna help a friend. But then I was just like, nah, this is not nah, this is not move. I'm just not gonna do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna give her the license to even think that there's anything there or like to say like make her feel like I put her second or mm-hmm. like did some sort of test or whatever the fuck, you know. And um and then I kinda asked her about it later on. I was like, why did you she she brought brought that up as an example. She was like why would I didn't have a car at the time? She was like, why would she ask the one person who didn't have a car to ride with her to go somewhere? Right. Because he, you wouldn't have had, you know what I'm saying? Transportation. I mean, I would have Ubered, but you know, she was like, you wouldn't have transportation. It just didn't make sense to have the one person who is least able to help her in that situation to help her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't even see, I didn't even catch that. It's like, yeah, you're right. I had to submit and be like, yeah, you're right. That's, that's a, those are red flags that I have to now be aware of. Obviously, no. And then, of course, I then, you know, made necessary corrections as far as she knew I was in a relationship, obviously. But I was like, I would go like over the top to let her know, like, around, I'm not around, like, around my girl, like, I'd say certain things like, you, you taste good and shit like that, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, just OD shit, just to like make yeah. it very clear that I was not going to be one of those dudes who like plays both sides against the middle and so right. on and so forth. So you got to, you got to look out when, when people are, that person that you're with gives you information or advice. Especially women, because they're very intuitive. They're usually right about stuff like that. Yeah, and so I think I think I think the narrative behind what submission is has to change, or more so be a little more um, clear. Yeah, because a lot of people think submission is somebody pretty much taking the lead all the time, when in reality, or, or, or yeah, it's domination. But in reality, it's not. It's just it's simple. It's an act of trust. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like the ultimate act of trust. Right. And so I also think that it's important that people understand that before you get married, it is important to know whether or not this person is someone you can either submit to or receive submission from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because. There can't always be a chief in the DP. Right. There can't be two. And sometimes the the woman is the lead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody... Sometimes she's she's in a better position to take control yeah. of the situation. And that's okay. Yeah. Making less of a man doesn't make her less of a woman or more of a you know well, more of a man. You know, right. yeah. Yeah. More of a man, you know. And then um another thing, um well, matter of fact, before I go there, I will say this that Ladies, I think it's important to understand that a man will test your submission skills, if we want to call it that. Okay. Elaborate. Okay. So I just said that it's important to know whether or not the person you're in a relationship with before you get married is either capable of submitting or being submitted to. How would how else would you know that if you don't test the waters to see if they have the capabilities of either taking the lead or allowing you to take the lead if you don't put them in a situation or if a situation doesn't arise where you can confirm either or? Very true. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you. So if we're dating and there's something going on, you gonna test drive the car? Yeah. There, if we're dating and there's something going on, and it's it's a situation where I may know better than you, I may either I'm gonna do one of two things. I can either let you figure it out on your own. Yeah. Or I can test the waters to see, are, are you... Are you going to listen? Yeah. Are you willing to listen? Are you willing to listen? Are you someone who's willing to listen to what I have to say about the matter or guide you in a sense of how to go about doing X, Y, and Z? You know what I mean? Yeah. And if I find out that either you're incapable or just don't want to, then you may not be someone I want to spend the rest of my life with. Yeah. And that's okay, because I may not be the person in which you can find yourself, like, giving that gift to. Yeah. But I, I do think that people should be aware that, like, you may be tested to see whether or not that's a gift you have or is willing to give. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is get married to somebody who ain't trying to listen to shit you got to say. Right. On both ends. Yeah. And also, you know, I, I, another important part of submission to me is... Taking the information and um, being willing to act on it mm -hmm. and make certain corrections. Mm -hmm. So if I give you, if I, sorry, it's cool. So if I, um, if I tell you something's bothering me or something is a soft spot for me or a trigger or vulnerability or anything of that nature, or I'm having to feel certain, I feel a type of way about a certain action and your response is like, oh, well, or, you know, it's, it's indifference or uh, dismissiveness, then that's that's a lack of submission really because you're not you're not following my emotional lead or, or being willing, and being consideration willing, yeah you're not being willing yeah you're not willing to um make adjustments or acquiesce to a blind spot that i may have or, or a uh, a soft spot that i have and vice versa because a lot of times people we talk about communication and, and understanding and openness but if you don't want to if you don't give a fuck about my feelings or if you don't give a fuck about um enhancing them or not destroying them or not you know making them worse then we can't be together right and so this is something um so there's something that fantasia said that also should have been a broader discussion but i don't think she may have been in the place like physically mm -hmm. the breakfast club to like right. have that discussion yeah we're not charlamagne I think that he would have bought. I, I think he would have had an interesting brand. Well, she said that um, the unwillingness to submit is generational <laughs> and situational. Yeah. And she made a point to say that society has made it as to where women either can't or won't submit to a man. And it's because they've had to be in a spot of leadership by themselves for such a period of time that when the time comes for them to be put to the test on whether or not they could, they fail because they're used to doing everything by themselves. Mm -hmm. They've had to be the mother, the father, the provider, the, the, the caretaker, the whatever by themselves. And so now you have a man coming into the picture, like, yo, like, these are some things that you could relinquish control to. To me, mm -hmm. they don't know how to because they're still stuck in there. I'm an independent woman. I can do it all by myself mode. 
do you guys agree, disagree? What is your take on that? Um, I would say I don't think it's necessarily generationally. I think it's more, I'd say it's more cultural. So, and by culture, I mean, at least for black community in our community right now, it's more so like women are the backbone of the community. They, they have to, because we as men are not necessarily traditionally, not traditionally, but recently been holding our end of the bargain up. So they had, they had no choice but to learn how to do that. So why, why would, if I'm, um, if I'm a black woman and I've seen what some black women have seen as far as men not being there or men being there and not being totally um, present, being fruit, present, totally present, or even their presence being fruitful in general, mm-hmm. then why would I, I'm going to have certain issues. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. and, and then also it's just like, again, it goes back to, we're going to go black men and fathers and we have to go to fatherhood. Mm-hmm. So black men, uh, there's a whole stereotype about not, not being for dads and all that stuff, whatever. But generally speaking, there are a lot of great black fathers out there. But the problem is, you can be a great black father, but not be a great black husband. Oh, yeah. Say and, that. And That's those, a word. Those are, those are two totally different things. And people, and a lot of black men, I think we, because I'm a good father, I'm a good husband, because I'm, I'm raising a kid that my, my wife birthed. But you're not raising your wife's heart up, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like, because I, you know, you just see certain situations where the guys, it's like, you know, James, like even shit, good times. Like James Evans was a great dad. Was he always the best husband necessarily? That's, you know, debatable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he tried as best he could, but, you know, there's a lot of black men out here, myself included, I'd say, that are emotionally stunted and at times emotionally unavailable. So you, that you can't be a good significant other if you're those things or if you're struggling with those things. Mm-hmm. So, why would a woman feel comfortable submitting emotionally to a man who doesn't know how to communicate or display or accept emotion? Right. You know? Or criticism or feedback. Or, yeah, or criticism. Like, black men, we have so much pride. Like, it's my house. It's my house. You don't like to get the fuck out. It's my house. You know, my roof, my rules. Blah, 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 blah. You know, shit like that. Right. That doesn't help anyone. That doesn't make things better. That doesn't make anyone feel comfortable or safe. That's that's not a, a positive home and quote unquote home environment. Right. Those are house rules. Right. I want a home, not a house. You know what I'm saying? And, and women deserve a home and not a house. Women deserve a husband, not a man. Mm. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where that comes into play. I mean, there's so many layers to like that that subject, honestly, because like. I mean, and then she even talked about like you know money and stuff like that. Like a lot of men obviously can't handle, couldn't handle being with someone like Fantasia, who has her own stuff, who works for her own stuff, that makes is most likely going to make more money than you. Now, I mean, if I've been in situations where the girl made more money than me, and it wasn't necessarily an issue, and I've been in a situation where I was laid off in a relationship, it was tough, you know, because you want to girl out and do certain things, and you can't necessarily do that. But it wasn't, it wasn't a blow to my ego because of that. It was more so blue my ego because of I just, you know, working since I was 16, I established part of my identity was like my job. Right. I didn't necessarily equate it to my work, but that was like um, something I was took pride in was like working and working hard yeah, and like be a provider. Yeah. And just like liking to work and, and I, you know, I hated a lot of jobs I had, but like, you know, enjoying being able to get money and do things for the people I care about. Mm-hmm. So there's a pride that comes with that. But, you know, we, we as men have to realize there's more we offer than just a walk. We're not just a fucking credit card and a taxi and a you know concierge or whatever. Like there, we have more to offer, you know, emotionally, mentally, 
spiritually to people. We're not aware of that that side of our being. I agree. Um, I also want to put out there that with the absence of fathers, especially to daughters, mm-hmm. moms teach their daughter, you don't think. depend on a man for anything. Yep. You get out here and you get it. Yep. And so if that's what's being taught because of the lack of our presence, then that's what we have to deal with yeah. on on the other end of things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I get it. And that's why I said that you have to be prepared for the ability to submit to be tested during dating. Yeah. Because I'm not it's a marriage is not going to work if both parties aren't willing to submit not only to their higher power but to each other. Yeah. We should do times. I definitely am. Yeah. Um Agree. Yeah. Um, I'll go and say this. I have a friend who is about to get married, a female friend, and um, after they got engaged and her fiance, um, I don't think he really started testing her boundaries of submission until after they got engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, was that a battle? Because although this was this is a woman who's raised in a two parent household, and she watches her mother submit to her father and vice versa. She never been put in a position to do so because one, she's a single mother. And two, I don't think she ever trusted anyone with that gift enough to give them that gift. Yeah. And so here she is about to get married. And this man is trying to show her, demonstrate that he could be the head of their household. She's just unwilling Yeah. to an extent. And I don't even think she was conscious of the fact that she was unwilling until her and her, her and I had a conversation about like, yo, there are certain things that he's attempting to do for you to show you something and you're not allowing him to do so. So by not allowing him to do so, you're already putting your marriage in jeopardy that hasn't happened yet yeah. because you're not allowing him to show you that he can manage as your husband. Because pretty much he is that at this point. You know what I mean? Right. You guys are minutes away from signing paperwork officiating y'all's marriage but he doesn't know whether or not he can lead the household because you're not allowing him to lead in little situations that he's showing you that he could lead in. yeah you know what i mean and it could be a simple something as simple as you're having an issue with with your car you don't call your fiance first you call your dad come on that's little but it also Let's him know that you don't trust him with with right. something as simple as giving you advice about what to do with your car. It'd be one thing if you called him and he just didn't know how to guide you. He's when the car guy. Yeah. yeah, and so your next step would be, you know, your dad or another male figure in your life. But you didn't even give him the opportunity to rise to the occasion. And so if you don't give someone the opportunity to rise to the occasion, you'll never know what they're. And not that, when, if you don't do that, when there is the occasion, the man's not going to expect. You want him to rise, mm-hmm. so he's gonna sit the fuck down. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been in a situation, and then there's gonna be a problem 
because you're expecting something of him, but you never that he didn't know that you trusted him enough to give. Yeah, because you because in the past when he attempted to, you never allowed him to take that. So facts. I was in a situation like that where I was a relationship girl was having problems, whatever. She's like, oh, I had a really rough day. You know, um, what are you doing after work? I was like, I'm gonna go to the gym. She's like, oh, okay, but I like, she's like, I I, um, I don't want to see you or I want to talk to you. I really need to talk to you. I was like, okay. I'm just gonna work out real quick, whatever, and then we'll, we'll hang out. Because I'm like, I was getting, like, you know, working out is like a habit, routine thing, you know, you try to get into that. And then also, I guess, part of part of that, that's probably being selfish or maybe being dismissive, thinking it wasn't that big of a deal, whatever. Okay. I own that. Um, but again, also, she needed me, but she's saying, I need you. But in my mind, I'm like, you don't come to me for shit when you need it generally. So why would I fucking, why would I expect that you actually needed me? You know what I mean? Like, why, would I, why would I think that? She can say, like, I said, I need you. But yeah, it's like, that's that was the first. I don't know you actually meant it. And then also she she was like, you know, I talked to four of the people. She said that to me before she said that before or after she said she needed me. So I was like, okay, are you saying you're good now? Like you talked to them and you didn't talk to me? Like because that was like a point of contention where it, it was like if I didn't handle things the exact right way because I didn't know how to, or to some human I made a mistake, it was like, oh well, you couldn't handle it, so I went to someone who could. Mm. So I was like, all right, well, I figured you went to someone who could. So you you didn't need me for that, right? Again, she didn't give you the the one the, the first time around. She didn't give you the opportunity to rise to the occasion, so you weren't I looking to have to. I, I wasn't expecting you to invite me to the occasion, right? You know what I mean? Like you can't have someone rise there if they don't know they're invited, right? And then as men, we have to do the same thing. The same thing. We have to allow women to rise to the occasion as well That's to true. see whether or not they can earn the gift of our submission. Like I come to you with an issue. How not even how quickly, but how inept are you to give me a give me simple advice or be there? Just be there. Yeah. Even if it's something that you don't know what to do, yeah. Are you willing to at least help me figure it out? Yeah. You know what I mean. Even if that's, you know what, I'm not really sure. Let me see what I can find out. Yeah. That shit, shit like that, I appreciate because that lets me know that even though that. You don't know all that. I can trust you to help me figure out a solution. And I yeah. may not have to go to another party because the party that I, I need is right here. Right. You know what I mean? You're you're right here. You're in the trenches with me. You're on Google just like I'm on Google. And we're coming back together to compare what we figured out, you know, what we found yeah. to see whether or not this could help in the situation or whatever the case may be. Right. But again, you'll never know if you don't ever allow someone to rise to the occasion, if you don't ever put forth the situation where you can see whether or not that person is worthy of that gift of submission mm. on both ends. Yeah. And again, I keep I keep stressing both ends because I don't want anyone to walk away from this episode thinking that Try Black means only women submit. Right. Now, I plan on bringing some married people up here um, to kind of get their take on it. And then we should do some with like, just women in general. Yeah. Women about submitting and, and their issues with men not submitting or not submitting or them submitting and not submitting, stuff like that. Definitely do that too. Yeah, I think that'd be dope because I, I want to talk to single women because would you get Patrice and India? Okay. Um. Okay. I like their viewpoints. Okay. Um. And then there's um there's some married women I want to pull, and then I got some married friends, uh, guy friends that I want to pull as well because I, I I think that I think that it's a healthy conversation because a lot of the traditional yeah. workings of relationships are non-existent now. Yeah, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but sometimes it's not necessarily a good thing either. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, 
I don't think it's a bad thing because I think we're getting away getting away from a lot of the toxic workings that used to exist in relationships and and in specifically marriages. You know what I mean? Our a lot of our parents and grandparents come from the struggle love era where everybody goes through a bunch of shit, but hey, we made it sixty years, but yeah, sixty years and like four miserable. outside kids and like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like I've seen um by the way, for better or worse it not mean fucking infidelity. It doesn't. It means hard shit. It means trauma. It means bad days. It means anxiety, depression, um, death, mental health, sickness, uh, finances. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I guess it could mean infidelity because some people, people think that's like specifically what it means. Yeah, right it, but it's not. You know, some anybody who's able to work through that and come out on the other end better for it, I applaud. But it does not mean you need to stay with them. Yeah, it doesn't mean like not you bad for I never thought that for better or worse meant for faithful or cheating. Like right. you know what I'm saying? That's like not what that means. that's not. I, I've never seen it like that. It's so weird. But because of the fact that a lot of our parents and grandparents came from struggle love, mm. um, a lot of people felt like, oh, that's how relationships are supposed to right. be. And we're at an age where we're kind of getting away from accepting bullshit. Yeah, when you don't have to. Especially in the dating phase. And you know what? That's why like a lot of people nowadays they're like, Oh, marriage don't work and savageness and hot girls and this, that and third. But it's like, no, it's people just being like, I'm gonna I know what I deserve. This isn't that, so I'm moving on. Yeah. I'm I'm in my like I think I've said this before. The older I get, the more comfortable I become with not dealing with certain shit. If I if I start seeing those red flags, I may kind of s- stick around to see whether or not they're red or yellow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They they start off as orange. I wasn't quite sure if yeah. it was really a red flag or a yellow flag that could potentially yeah, be a little uh, had to figure out, yeah, store. Had to figure out whether this is something that could change over time. Right. Or is this just who this person is? It's their DNA makeup. Yeah. And I've found that, you know, this is, is it just, a rock or is it drywall? Yeah. Can it be broken or yeah. is it what it is? <laughs> I found out like, you know, that this is a rock. There's not going to be any give on this situation. Yeah. And I can decide whether or not I want to deal with this not being a give or I want to back the fuck up and go the fuck on. And I'm in a I'm in a space where I'm okay with backing the fuck up and going the fuck on. Yeah. If it's not something that seems as if it can change because I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to deal with shit just to say I got somebody. I'd right. rather be by myself yeah. than deal with shit just to say I got somebody. Right. And submitting does not necessarily. I, I want to submitting doesn't mean like, oh, um, they're this person has to be who they are the entire has to stay the exact same and I'm supposed to love them through all that. No, that's cool. Yeah, no, no, no. it's not. I don't believe it's like that. I, I think it's more so the person is who you are. Obviously, people change, grow, and develop. But you have to, by submitting, you have to be able to adapt the way you handle things, mm-hmm. the way you handle situations, the way you handle confrontation, the way you handle um, anger. Do you, do you, you know, express it calmly or rationally or take some time to be away by yourself so you can, you can then display the information as opposed to just the emotion? Mm-hmm. Um, or are you going to come home and lash out at the at your partner and, and take it out on them? Kick the dog and yell at her. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's funny you said that because I was watching... Um... I was watching um Black Love Doc, and um they they discuss you know how you handle 
disagreements and situations like that. Yeah. And then uh, another thing is, is that when you said whether or not this is who someone is and people change, you know, in the course of relationships, um, I can't remember the guy's name. He played, um, he was on Queen Sugar. He played, um, and what was his name? I can't remember. Light skin guy. I just, I can't remember his name right now. I cannot remember his name for the life of me. But um, he was saying that in the midst of his marriage, he realized that they both changed and they were both growing. And he came to the realization that you're not going to be married to the same person mm-hmm. for the entirety of your marriage. Yep. And you should want to not be married to the same person to the entirety of your marriage. Yeah. Now he said that. And so when I say that, or when he said that, it was more of a, you and your spouse are supposed to change throughout life. Yeah. You're supposed to grow. You're supposed to learn. You're supposed to become different people. And if that's not happening, you have to question whether or not this is what it's supposed to be. Is your life what it's supposed to be? If neither one of y'all are advancing in any kind of way. And so you said, you know, you hear a lot of people say, I want the person I married back. But why would you want that? Right. Well, the point is to grow up, not to grow old. Yeah. Why would you want that? I want someone new. Show me the growth. Show me. Show me something different and better than what we started as. Yeah. You know? But I'd be really interested. There's a specific married couple that I want to talk to so bad. Um, they've been married. I don't remember how long ago, how long it's been because I went to their wedding and I was like a teenager then. Might have been like middle school. Like I remember when they had their first son. He's like, he just started high school. Mm-hmm. So if he's 14. They've had to been married, and they just celebrated their anniversary. So they've had to, he, he's like fourteen. So I think they've been married like fifteen, sixteen years, maybe seventeen. And um, they were together a lot longer though. They've been together for at least twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Married for seventeen, about, and been together. For yeah. And so, being together that long. Of course, neither one of them the same person that they met. You right, know what I'm saying? Course, yeah. And so I would just be very, and not only that, they're both in ministry. So I would just be very interested to hear their take oh, yeah. on on submission and whether or not uh, the husband feels as if he submits to his wife. In some instances, I want to hit them up. I think that'd be a very dope conversation to have. With um, I want to bring on people in various stages of their marriage. Give me the newlyweds. Give me people who've been in it like 10 years. Give me people who've been in it like 15 plus years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anybody else got anything else on submission or relationships in general? Um, I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> right now, but also just randomly as a side note on Fantasia. On Fantasia, the interview, the interview is great. If you say if y'all should definitely check out the whole thing, not just the part about the relationship stuff, because she and her story is like super, is very interesting. Also, I just like love, I forgot how much I love her as a person. Yeah, like she's interview. just super dope. She's like the purest person I think I've like ever seen. Like, yeah, she's just so 
I like also, precious, you know, I also want to put this on. I don't like that because people didn't agree with what they said, what she said. They questioned her education. I didn't see that. I didn't know really. That. I don't really read it. I uh, really listen, I, I read comments because I like to. I see... mean, I read comments on YouTube, but the comments on YouTube were good. On what I saw, well, YouTube was was good. That that's because everybody watched the entire right, right, interview. Right. <laughs> <laughs> From like the clips or the misquoting of statuses, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the statuses with her being misquoted and not the whole context being given. A lot of people was like, y'all taking advice from someone who can barely read? I'm like, come on. Your papa can barely read. But he, he raised your mama. And, like, you know what I'm and saying? And he took her to house, bitch. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> and he took care of his whole fucking family. Like, so, what? so the fuck what? You didn't call him stupid to his face, did you? Like, right. you didn't call him stupid. Right. You probably think your papa is one of the smartest people on this fucking earth. Right. So why is it that nigga Shannon Sharp's grandparents are fucking philosophers? Like, thank you. I, mean, like, I doubt they had much education. Oh. A lot of our grandparents and great grandparents maybe got like a tenth grade education, if that, if that, because they had to drop out to work and feed their family, and then your grandma got pregnant, and so you know he definitely wasn't thinking about no 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 school. He's thinking about how he gonna feed these chillins. Right. So I, I think it's whack as fuck. To come at her like that, especially given that she's made her her um her struggles public, like yeah, we watched her fucking come up, and you got some black ass shit to say about that. I don't like that shit. I don't oh, like how yeah. black people do that shit. Like each other, yeah. yeah, like come on. Nothing like that girl like stays the fuck out yeah. the way. Also, I just I love her voice, like not just singing voice, but like her speaking voice. I, just, mm. I love her voice, so calming, like mm. you know. And also, like I can totally see. I how... seen somebody comment that on YouTube too. Somebody else said oh, yeah? that, like, like her her voice is so. She, yeah, somebody was like, yeah, she needs to do like audiobooks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did she do some voiceover work? Yeah, she like, and also like I could see watching them together. I could see why they got together. He, he's super cool. I see why she felt for him. And I see why he felt for her. She's like, super cool. I think she, like she's a girl like every dude was like in love with probably in high school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. And I see how they spent all night talking. And I can see how after three weeks, they was like, I don't need to know nothing else. Yeah. Like, I'll yeah. figure out the rest. Like, fuck it. Like, yeah. I, can see I, I found my one. Why, why wait? Why, we don't why, have why, why wait a waste time? Yeah. No, we're not saying people get married for three weeks. That's a specific situation because she met her person. That's her person, obviously. So, like, but if you meet your marry, person, don't marry a person who's not your person. Don't, don't steal someone else's person, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking retarded. Don't tie up somebody else's person with your right. bullshit. Don't block, don't, block, don't block somebody else's blessing just because you're selfish or insecure. Facts. Jordan Barr. Yes. Jordan Barr. <laughs> All right. What do we have next? Oh, did you guys um, did you guys get a chance to watch um, the Revolt Summit? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. I watched I watched it. You watched it? First of all, that dude in the yellow, why the fuck was he there? I don't know. A lot of people that asked that question. That nigga was useless as fuck. He I fast-forwarded every time he spoke. Every time he spoke. So I, miss, I probably missed <laughs> him. There, but I fast-forwarded every time he opened I was like, this is weird and cringy. I'm moving him out of the way. All right. I'm going to say this. I'm going to catch some flack for this. Candace is she's not, not that bad. as far off the reservation as, as I thought. I'll yeah. be honest with you. She's not. Coming from some... Okay. So she... She started with on that on that form that day. She said some wild shit, but that day she wasn't as far off as as, as I thought. No, she said some wild shit right there. And she's lucky that Killer Mike was there to kind of clean I'm up her wild shit. Her shit. Yeah, yeah. And so shit was sounding kind of wild. I think then, she don't know how to communicate. No, I think she. I think um I think a lot of her points 
wouldn't seem that wild if she was better at articulating. And it's, it's just her reputation, so she, the crowd was ready to fucking lose her. Yeah. Also, there shouldn't have been a crowd there. That's, that's the problem, too, because people were trying to, like, play to the crowd, and she couldn't get a point out, which was making her message sound even more even more cluttered. Yeah. So I yeah. think that was stupid. I think that should have been strictly televised and just, not televised, but it should have just been people Air. observing, or, no, I wouldn't even say observing. Like, just. I think it should have just been them, the panel, and an empty in the fucking room. Yeah, and, and with the moderator, been, to just yeah, have a straight up conversation. Yeah, conversation, you don't need an, an audience there. No. Just, just, they were disrupted. That's, That's a big ass, like, grasshopper. That was your fucking show. What's up? Because that shit hit my arm. <laughs> it's gone now. That shit was, like, this big. That shit hit my fucking arm, yeah, bro. Yeah, it's gone now. But yeah, no, yeah. Um, definitely, yeah. She, they, they, they shouldn't have. It. Yeah, go ahead. But um, Candace is not as far off the reservation than I thought. Um, she did explain her background. She started off as what a liberal, liberal, and then after Trump ran, she became. I don't. I won't say she became a conservative, but she calls herself a black conservative. So. Well, she she does now. But I, but I put it like this. The more I listened to her talk, the more I looked at her as somebody who was more on the free think side. Um, and I'll put it okay. So I'll say it like this: she's been on, she's on, she's been on both sides of the fence by this time. Mm-hmm. The liberal, the extra liberal side, and then the quote unquote conservative side. And the points that she makes in regards to her being a conservative, as a new business owner in a trade, I understand. And Killer Mike made a very valid point. So what I'm going to do is um, let me get this queued up. I'm going to play Killer Mike's portion. And then um, I'm going to explain why I understand why I understand Killer Mike's side and then why I further understand Okay, <laughs> and why I further understand um, Candace's point of view when it comes to immigration and jobs. So give me a second. Uh, I just added two. Corey, did you get a chance to watch it? Okay. Gotcha. So I'll play it and then the clips. Which clips did you, were you able to um see? Yeah. Okay. Great. I think that's a great question. It, it leads to what I said was the biggest gap in the black community, and that is vacuum of leadership. What I heard really important, you may have heard me testify in front of Congress, is the illiteracy rates that are facing Black America. The <laughs> jobs are created. If Trump helps, he's an opportunist. If he doesn't help, he's a racist. Mike, I'm to say right. There's no winning here. He's an opportunist and a racist. Oh, that's the same exact time. So, Dan, if he doesn't, you want to know why we can't win. This is why. Black America cannot move forward. Exactly right, man. Because you have somebody. That's another lie. Black America has been moving forward generation by generation. How is that so? No, it hasn't. This forum was brought to you by a black man. Listen. 
You understand that? And it was happening say, before say, Trump came president. My children, black, black people, they moving forward. Yeah, yeah. It's declining since the 19th. Are your children every day? We are not Mike, moving Mike, forward. Do not let me tell you that line. Wait, wait, Hold on, Katrina, Katrina, Katrina. Mike has been sitting here listening to all of y'all talk. Mike, go ahead, brother. Oh, brother, go ahead. Niggas! Go ahead. Niggas! 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 Niggas, nigga, nigga, nigga! Stop it! Stop! Everybody, hush! You really wouldn't got snacks. Nigga, you too comfortable in my fucking house. I'll let you know, I'll give you a heads up. I sure hope they ain't staying. E-G-U-S of the royal kind and niggas in our double G-S. What y'all are seeing right now are free people arguing over who got the best master. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, we're going to go back to silent. Let's register this shit back down. We're going to lock this back down. So, Mike knows how to command I'll tell you what America is. You know what's crazy? It's like, it's Seven years moderate after moderate. the ending of the Civil War. Oh, because you didn't give the you didn't give the cop, so you weren't prepared for that. Evan, oh, but that's that's not to jump on Candace because again, I'm disagreeing with my friends. Seven years after the end of the Civil War, blacks within seven to fifteen years accumulated over fifteen million acres of land. Then hold on before we get to clapping because niggas bought some shit. Black people were the only skilled labor in this. So if it was welding to be done, iron bending, cotton picking, it was black people. So instantly, your value became more. And Candace has a point. The point that she made about illegal immigration affecting you is that it's going to affect you at some point. Why? If the Kegel Chicken Factory is hiring illegally illegal immigrants at an undercut on the rate, it affects the black people who live there who should be demanding 20 bucks an hour because they're being undercut. So when they get wiped out, they have to hire blacks, pay them, and unionize. So she's right on that. But hold the fuck on, I'm not finished. You have to remember that People who look like you immigrate too. So before you widely say, fuck them all, remember, America is always going to have a slave class. And if illegal immigrants or illegal immigrants will not be the lowest paid workers, those in prison will be, and that always ends up looking like one of their sons. So it circles back around. So that's why people who are black, who are from two different plantations, got to get the fuck away from Massa long enough to say, how are we going to burn down both their fucking houses? Now, this is my thought. This is my thought. I don't care if you destroy the Republican or Democratic Party, because at one time, blacks were Republicans. And you dominated those seven years after civil, after the Civil War. You were Republicans. You had more blacks in the House and Senate than you do now, and you dominated your own economic communities. You did that as Republicans. As Democrats, you did the same in cities like Atlanta. You failed in other cities. But the most important thing is self-organizing. By the time we get to a candidate, we should have a list that says white man, white woman, these are our demands. You can meet them and get our vote, or not, we're going to stay home and crochet and make collard greens. But what you cannot do is continue to argue over who is the best 
master. I don't give a fuck if it's Trump, Obama, your mama, my mama. What the fuck do you have for me and my community? Now, if you do not, and if you stop playing, if you stop playing, oh, I'm going to say the snazziest shit to each other on stage. I'm going to show that motherfucker this is going to be a quotable. And we close up the doors and we simply say, how do we take the good of what you have, the good of what you have, the good of what you have and you have, how do we shape it into a 10-point agenda to present, to present, to present to every local state and national politician. If you cannot meet points on our agenda, we simply can't support you. I like you. I love your casinos, Mr. Trump. I like you, Bernie. I like maple syrup that comes from Vermont. But what do you have for us? Now, when talking about have black people done better, we keep doing better and we keep getting knocked down. We keep doing better and we keep doing knocked down. So I'm going to tell people, this is your homework. Fuck trying to convince you. I want you to go home tonight I want you to listen to Thomas Soul. I want you to listen to Hold on, I got you, Tommy. You look my nigga. My nigga. All right. So right there. I want you to listen to Walter E. Williams. Yes. I want you to listen to Antonio Moore. I want you to listen to Yvette Carnell. I want you to listen to the economic strategy of Elijah Muhammad and Marcus Harvey. I want you to listen to the political strategy of Stokely Carmichael. I need you to get on your study and prove yourself worthy shit because I'm tired of arguing who got the best master. You are already free. Now, nigga, act like it. Do your research. Do your research and decide what's best for you because what's best for us in Atlanta was a black man who said, okay, I'm the mayor now. You want to do business with Atlanta? Meaning you want to have an opportunity zone? 29% of all government contracts had to be attached to black people. When he found out that there were no black architectural firms, he said, black people build driveways, we can build airport runways. So he gave the white architectural firms the right to build the airport. The fucking Herman Russell Company laid the drive, laid the, laid the plane. So my thing is, as black people, how are we going to get in a room together Stop fighting over who's master. Decide what our agenda is and how to leverage it. I don't care who agrees with Cap or JD or JD. I care that black people as a whole showed up to work that day. What if nobody would have showed up to work? What if everybody said, you know what, fuck it, my nigga? What if everybody on the same day would have done that? If everybody with every policeman, every beer salesman, every car parker, every NFL analyst would have not showed up. Until we ready to do that, we're not serious about being free. That's real. You just here to see a show and argue over who got the best master. Until we decide what is the real breaking point. If blacks are 15% of this nation, we should be 15% of Wall Street. We should be 15% of music execs. 15% of Hollywood execs. 15% of governors, 15% of mayors, and until you hit that 15%, you're failing, 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 fucking failing, no matter who your master is. So pick a better master, I say kill your masters, and get your own seat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I like to say after that shit was, mm. like, I think I, I was sitting on the couch, watching it on my laptop. Yeah. And I stood the fuck up like yes. Um, <laughs> for a couple of reasons. So 
I agree with him, um, and surprisingly, Candace, um, in regards to America was great for Black people after the Civil War. Up until about the 50s, 60s, it went, you know, shit went downhill after the Civil War. After, I think, personally, after integration, after the end of segregation, shit just declined. Because we control a lot of the buying power. And so if we're fighting to give white people our money, then guess who suffers? Black business owners. Because you're no longer going to the mom and pop to buy your shit. You're now going to the white superstore that you're now allowed to shop. That's true. Just off the fact that you're allowed to shop. Right. They don't even have better shit. But you're allowed to go there, so you go there. Now... I'm gonna catch some flack for this, but I also understood Killer Mike's point about, and everybody's point about people taking jobs. All right, now let me explain that. I own a business. I'm in what they consider a trade. Um, my trade is floor covering. That is the laying of carpet, laminate. Um, vinyl, VCT, um, LVT, um, <laughs> LVP. Okay. So, um, in speaking with a lot of companies that we may do like subcontracting for, yeah. Um, a lot agree that the trade is oversaturated with Hispanic crews, and because of that, they are willing to work for less. So do you know what that means? That means the price of work has been driven down. And so although these companies may be charging a customer, uh, we'll say like $6 a yard or a square foot, they're paying out 2 to $3 to their subcontract. And they can get away with 250 because the Hispanic crews will take 250 So if I come in as a black crew like, Yo, we don't do X, Y, and Z for less than like three fifty, and that's pushing it. Right. I think that's what they're gonna want to go with. Right. The Hispanic crew because they're willing to do it for less. Now, if they were to demand the same pay, or if not more, then yeah, the price paid out will go up because everybody's rallying for the same price. But if this group comes in and they're willing to do it for less, then you're either going to take what's being offered to you or they're going to go with that particular group. Oh. That's not an assumption. That's the fact. That's what's being, that's, that's what I'm learning as I'm, as I'm going into these meetings with these different companies um, soliciting contracts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially in that field. Yeah. That's, that's prevalent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I understand that and I agree. And as a business owner, it hurts my pockets sometimes because I'm having to like, I'm, I have no problem turning down shit. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. And if you want to go get another crew that'll do the work for less, then go ahead. But then just know that you risk your quality mm-hmm. and certain aspects. Um, and I've been told by a particular company that, and I swear to God, this is what he said. Matter of fact, not just one, like a couple have said to me, if we just need some shit thrown in, we'll call them. Mm. And when I say some shit thrown in, I mean like 
they just need the work done. The quality isn't too much of a concern, yeah. but it has to be done. And these are people that are building homes. Yeah, these are people who are building homes. These are people who are um, who have um, property management contracts. These are people who have government remodeling contracts. You know what I mean? So I completely get it now. Like before, I will say before I entered this trade, I thought it was a bunch of malarkey and people just complaining about shit. Like we like to make jokes like. We like to make jokes like, but you're not going to go out there and pick those oranges. You're not going to go out there and, and sweep those floors like, you know, they all have all the service jobs. That's not entirely true. You know what I mean? We're not, nobody's really speaking when we say they're taking our jobs. I don't think a lot of people are speaking about the job, like, you know, the, the x-ray job or the yeah. anesthesiologist. It's more so. What, no, go ahead. That's what Mike meant about. Yeah, we're we're not talking about those jobs. You have to have degrees for those jobs. We're speaking on the trade and the labor jobs that people were able to do and get paid twenty dollars an hour to do because you know they were skilled in that particular trade. But now, if we have people coming in who have some skills in that trade, willing to do it for less, that's who those jobs are going to. Do I believe that the route in which the government has decided to take? to quote-unquote rectify the illegal immigration um, quote-unquote issue is it? Absolutely not. I think it's I think it's amoral. Beyond measure. But I understand the gripe of behind money and jobs that are no longer available because people are willing to do them for less. Yeah. Now my only issue, I get that point, of course, but my issue with Candace bringing it up is because She's stuck for Trump, who does a lot of fear mongering and hate mongering, specifically towards black and brown people, especially Latinos and Hispanics. I agree with you. And, and a that's lot of where that point gets thrown shit. Yeah. Again, and, and it's simply because of who she chose to back. And I think the only reason why she chose to back that person was because of the broader brush mm-hmm. of you like legit like people are being laid off because there are people who are willing to do the work for less. They cost too much money. You cost too much money. Now I got to go give this job to someone who will do it for the rate I really want to pay. Yeah. Which is a quarter of what I was paying you. So you can either take these $5 an hour or you can go on about your business. Right. And a lot of people are having to go on about their business because you can't feed your family off $5 an hour. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can you can't feed, you can't even pay a bill off of that five dollars an hour. You can't just ask. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so, um, Killer Mike is is at, he's on the money when when he pinpoints the time period in which black people were doing the best, mm-hmm. and we were a lot of us were land rich. Um, I don't know about y'all, but my family's definitely land rich because we are from an area in which. There's a lot of land <laughs> mm-hmm. and nobody's snatching it up or, yeah. or, um, you know, nobody was in a position to snatch it up. So, um, my great grandfather purchased acres yeah. and I do mean acres. There's a highway that runs through our land. Yeah. That's how much land we have. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They had to acquiesce some of that land for the highway and we got paid for it. Yeah. But you know, that's, that's how much land that was purchased. 
at that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he went on to um, will that land out to his children. He split it up amongst his children. He had a lot of them motherfuckers. But, you know, he, he split it up amongst his kids to keep that land within the family. But a lot of people left slavery and got land rich. Yeah. Because they had tangible skills and trades mm-hmm. that nobody else was skilled in because you forced your slaves to figure out how to, how to do everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so if we know how to do everything, guess who you got to come to to get shit done? Yep. Right. You know what I mean? So it's an important thing to, to keep in mind when we start having these discussions about economics and how to get back into a position where America is great for us again. Right. Now, socially, it may not have been great for us. Ever. You know, ever. However, financially, we were definitely in a much better position. Yeah. We had, oh my God. Yeah. Black Wall Street. Yeah, I was going to say Black Wall Street, yeah. We owned, we we had black towns that were owned by, by black people. Yeah, it's like we shouldn't just have one Atlanta. Like, we shouldn't just have, you know... Yeah.